being alive in the year 2020 requires you to think about many, many things. And sometimes those things can be confusing. Sometimes they can be very crystallized into a few things that matter quite a bit. We all have different thoughts, different ideas, different ways we go about doing things. But I wonder, are we talking to each other in a way that is more nuanced, that allows room for different ideas and feelings and thoughts, how we project things? I'm not so sure, but on this show, that is always allowed. And my next guest is Evan Knox of Caffeine Marketing. And we chop it up about the current state of affairs with COVID-19, uh, racial unrest, and just being alive and how we can have better conversation with each other. I hope you guys enjoy it, my conversation with Evan Knox. We're good. Um, so thanks for being on today and um, just happy to have a discussion with another person. So I appreciate you, man. Yeah, it's great to talk to another human being as well. I know, right? It's like, oh, I want to talk to humans. <laughs> you know. I know. I went to lunch today. Um, we had a meeting and they have us like at tables that are all really sparse spaced out and the waiter was wearing a mask, which is, you know, it's great. It just, the whole experience is weird these days. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a little different, you know, and seems like it might be a little different for a long time, potentially. Um, yeah. we're going right. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so the church that we go to the first date, that they thought, and they, they threw out this date four months ago. And they, you know, it was at the time we thought, man, August 9th, there's that where it's going to be that long before we go back. Right. And now it's like, no way. Am not going to happen. Like, yeah. It's still so weird out there. You know what I mean? Like it's not happening. So. Yeah. I think we're in, I think we're in it for a fairly long time. I think it's hard to accept those things sometimes, you know, and, the reality of things. But the more I look at it, I'm like, well, how do I want to frame this in my mind? Like I could keep yeah. wishing, wishing for things to open and be normal of what we thought it was, but the reality may be very much different for a very long time. You know? Yep. And I was listening to a podcast um, earlier today and it's on the, it's called the whoop podcast. So W H O O P. Mm. Okay. It's a wearable device that i use it doesn't have a screen on it so it's like a basically a watch without a face yeah um or a smart device without a face but the whole thing is meant to be passive and not to plug their product whatever but on the podcast i was listening to i think his name is justin not justin fields different justin on the pga tour and mm -hmm. he was talking about uh his schedule and how his schedule has changed in light of all the stuff that's going on and how his schedule is always adapting and changing and i thought to myself you know what they, this professional golfer, they have to adapt their schedule week to week, which I can only imagine how much that disrupts your routine. And so, I don't know. I just thought to myself, I wish I, I want to be that adaptable that whatever season of life that comes at me, like I'm mm. able to not just barely struggle through it, but go, okay, all right, for the next week, I can, what can I control of my own and make the best of it? So. That's interesting. You know, I think everybody has their kind of set patterns that they normally have done. And all of a sudden it's like, I don't know, how do I want to go about my day? How do I, all these different variables, you know, it's just mm -hmm. popping up on us. And I, it's, it's a good lesson in some sense of like, maybe you were running on a hamster wheel basically before and yeah. it was autopilot, you know, you were driving your own, it was kind of your own self-driving car you had. And uh, it was just going, but now it needs to be different, you know? Yeah, I feel that. One of my uh, guys, not to keep throwing church references out here, but one oh, of the guys fine. in my, okay, he's in my <laughs> small group, which basically means it's like a group of guys that we talk about yeah. life and the Bible and stuff like that. Um, and he actually tested positive um, for COVID. And which is interesting to me because he is like the number one district you know, manager for this really, really large fitness franchise, like a higher end one. Um, and he's crushing it. And he's basically like this season has made him slow. So like so far down. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it's been very interesting to watch him process this because he's basically like at the top of his game, best in the uh, country, et cetera. Um, and now he's at home in quarantine and can't talk to anybody. So it's, just, it's yeah, it, it's gonna, we're, we can't control what happens to us, but we can definitely control how we respond to it. Yeah, no, certainly, certainly. And don't worry about ever saying anything on here. Whatever you want to sure. talk about, I am good with. It was I I am a Christian, and so I I understand totally what you're talking yeah, about. Totally. I'm sure there are quite a few people who know about small groups and stuff, you know, with it. But uh, yeah. I actually wonder right. how, because I watch my church. I used to go to Las Vegas for years in person, mm-hmm. and they started having online services many years back. They were really into that a long time ago. And uh, I moved up to Washington, and I primarily watch it online uh, with them. And I wonder how, you know, um, religious services have changed so much across the country, you know, because it's it's not unlike any other sector in a sense of that there's had to be, there have been a lot of changes. Yep. And, and, and this is another area that, you know, it can become very difficult in terms of how you know, the nation views it, what's essential and what's non-essential, all these things, you know? Yeah, totally. It's very interesting because the church that we go to is, it's a, it's a pretty big church. I think it's like the biggest one in Georgia. Um, oh, and okay. they've been doing online services for, I mean, almost 10 years, you know, whenever the wow, technology yeah. came out, they've been doing it. But then you contrast to my grandparents' church that they go to, I mean, this is like 70 people, you know, like... It's crazy, you know. They're um, and they're he. Okay, so my grandpa is eighty-eight or eighty. Mm-hmm. I think he's eighty-eight. My grandmother wow. is eighty-six, and they're over here trying to figure out Facebook so that they can watch the church. It's, <laughs> it's tough, man. It's a different scenario. Yeah, completely different. You have this kind of very tiny churches generally, and uh, they've kind of been doing the same thing forever. Mm-hmm. And they haven't really stepped into the age of technology. You know, I I kind of contract compared to it's like you're getting people who are getting on video conferencing technology literally for the first time ever it's so amazing i think that's strange on some level to me you know it is and i just feel weird facetiming my grandpa i'm like no i don't want to do it no (laughs) grandpa no please no (laughs) because do you know they're gonna have the camera all wonky i'm like let's just talk on the phone you know yeah let's not do this face thing you know it's like yeah. But you think like, at least in my world, I'm so used to using that technology way before all this happened. And oh, sometimes yeah. I forget that other people, it's like their first time using it because they yeah. never had a reason to use it. You know? Yeah. And I mean, you're in the, the fitness space. So like yeah. for us, there's two fitness things that we do. One was like actually go to, so we currently live in an apartment um, here in Atlanta and we would go to our gym and we can't do that. And I also do a thing called Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is like a mm-hmm. MMA kind of thing or whatever. Um, and that was a no go for a long time because yeah. you can't basically wrestle with somebody uh, and do social no. distancing. But they eventually <laughs> opened back that back up, and we were all kind of like, "All right, everybody, like, wash your hands." You know, like if that doesn't yeah. work for us. So anyway, yeah, it's true for sure. And the fitness space is for sure affected. Yeah, definitely. So tell me a little bit about, I think I was, I was checking out what caffeine marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to hear about that and especially what you're working on and how that's been affected by the uh, incredible time we're living in. Yeah. So we help small companies that are doing less than $25 million a year in annual revenue make marketing profitable. Now we start with strategy and we actually create a strategy for each of our clients. We don't offer like a menu of services for them to choose from. Our goal is to make marketing profitable. So I'm generally the one that's actually creating the strategy for them. Um, and then we'll execute that strategy. Sometimes that's a new website. Sometimes that's Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, a sales funnel, whatever. Uh, anything that's really going to get them a great return on their investment as far as marketing goes. And that is the intro on caffeine. How it has affected us um, a couple of different scenarios. So when it first, I think when we all went, oh crap, like this is something's going on. We don't quite know. We, we just know history is being made right now. Everything is shutting down, um, sheltering in place. And at that point, all of the proposals that I currently had out all fell through, every single one. Um, 
And then I also had two clients cancel, which they're my smallest clients, but I mean, each client matters to me. And I thought, man, that's crazy. And I remember walking with my wife and like we would go on like an afternoon walk. And I was like, man, I have no idea. Like, this is, I'm not nervous, but like, I mean, that's pretty significant. You know, like, well, we're just going to have to see what happens. And then kind of a new surge of business has, I mean, surpassed what our, their our proposal rate was beforehand. But um, yeah, it's very interesting. It's a different type of business. You know, there's companies that really, I think, there's some that went under. There are some that are really behind the eight ball that are getting by on loans right now. Um, and then there's other companies that are set up really well for this um, to prosper in the season. But then there's also a lot of companies that are kind of in the middle, but they had cash on hand to reinvest back in their business, knowing that, all right, it's going to be a couple months before we you know, get the engine back up and running, but we should work on the car since we've got it in the garage anyway. So we've been working with a lot of companies figuring out their marketing so that whenever we start paid advertising again, that it's really profitable for them. So what do you foresee as, I don't know, it's so hard to even project because it's like, sure. well, things are going down, things are reopening. Now we have surging in things and cases and um, that going along with um, social unrest, racial unrest, inequalities. Yeah. How, do you, how have you had to navigate that? with uh, people yeah. you're working with so that, you know, it feels like native to them and how they respond to these things. I think there's a couple different things to talk about in what you just said. I think the first one, I'm just going to start backwards, is the, you know, social unrest or social justice. I'm really honestly, you know, here I am a 20, uh, 20 something white guy. I don't know what to call it. You know what I mean? I'm like, I know that I don't want to call it the wrong name. And obviously it's so divisive on all angles for everybody. Um, I, you know, I just want to be a part of the solution there, but whatever that is, um, whatever the, the right term is there, I'm thinking, all right, it depends on the company because there's people that I work with that go, all right, you know, Jonesboro Kia, nobody really cares what Jonesboro Kia has to say about this issue. You know, you just kind of hope that they have practices in place for equality of their own workplace. They take a hard look at what they're doing as far as their staffing goes, all that stuff. But I don't really need their plan and the email to me. I've never heard from you before. You know, I, I don't know how you got my email. I don't need you to send me on this newsletter. Same with COVID. I don't really need to know how you're making it safe. I just hope that you are. But the other larger brands like the Nike or Adidas or whatever, those are the brands that we really care about. And we want to know what it is they have to say and what they stand for. Um, so that's the first thing is I feel like it's really tricky. And you also have to know your audience, have to know what you stand for, uh, what matters to you. And there's some brands that have done that really well, but what I've seen for our clients is that no matter what you say on social media these days around the topic, you are going to get hate from both sides. Mm. I mean, even if it's crazy, like even if you are, let's say you're on, I don't know what the right term is here, but like, so the Black Lives Matter movement, right? You decide right. that, hey, we're going to engage in that. And then from my understanding, there's parties in that, that have kind of taken that language uh, and made it like not necessarily what it was originally supposed to be out. Correct. Be about. Correct. All right. Sweet. Good to hear there. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so that's my understanding, but then you, you know, you just, a brand decides, Hey, we're going to go ahead and engage in this online, socially, externally. And then it's like, you get hate mail from both sides. I mean, you get hate mail from the people who feel this sense of injustice already, especially from like those communities and they're just so angry and, you know, I guess rightfully so. But then the other side is also, I feel like maybe they don't feel heard. And so I don't know what the right solution here is, but I do know that if you choose to engage in that conversation, it's not like everybody's going to go, oh, thank you. I'm so glad you said it. It's like <laughs> right. everybody's frustrated and you put something online and then they're just going to get out on you. Um, so that's the social justice piece there. And then as far as COVID um, and this whole pandemic thing, I definitely cannot predict the future. Uh, the e-commerce companies that I'm a part of, there's definitely been fluctuations in consumer spending, which has been interesting. Um, I, don't, I don't know quite how to... I, there, I've been following a couple of trends in the industry to really nail that down, but it does. there's no real rhyme or, like, or reason to it. So like the stimulus checks or you know the average savings rate. So it's very hard to look at that and go, all right, here's exactly what's happening day to day. But I do think that there is some 
increase in spending in some sectors and then decrease in spending in others. I looked at a survey recently, which is very interesting, that is like a lot of non-essential goods are down, but Tesla spending is up 849%. And I was like, what? These people are like, (laughs) like, I got toilet paper, paper towels, and I got to buy myself a Tesla now. You know, I was like, what the (laughs) heck? Um, I'm not even talking about the stock, you know, it's like just the thing. So also to go back to brands right now and COVID, um, I think some people, I just think you need to have a good self-awareness of your brand. Like, do people actually care what you have to say? Some, it, depending if you're a larger organization, they probably do. Or if you're in a specific niche or niche, um, they probably do. But if you're just kind of like, you know, the random car dealership, I don't know that people care necessarily what you have to say. But that's my opinion. Oh, that's an inter- that's I, I don't think I've heard that take before, and I've had many conversations on this. Um, I think what's re- I just released a, an episode about brand activism with um CEO of a, um, a media group, and she was discussing about very much what you said, and and that you you get hate sp- mail from people or re- responses regardless of what you do many times. Yeah. And how it's the land, like you have to be ready for backlash. Mm-hmm. And I just find that so unbelievable. You know, it is. even if you put yourself in the right, you say, you know, you teach others, let's do the right thing. Let's be conscientious. Let's be open, have good ideas. Let's be, let's love other people and be sensitive to that. And to still get nastiness, it flies in the face of everything you teach children and humans how to behave uh-huh. with each other. It's just, it's weird to me. Yeah. And it's been very interesting to see like our team go in and look at, and again, I'm not trying to like, I, my heart is not to come in this and judge people. That's not our heart for this. Of course. But yeah. You, you see the people that are commenting and you're like, what? like, I don't mean this. I'm not trying to imply that they're a certain way, but like sometimes I'm like, man, this is like, I don't know. I mean, the people that engage in that, I just don't understand sometimes like where they're like, I'm not talking about people who are genuinely trying to have a conversation or expressing their, their hurt, but people who are just trolling, like just whatever it is. I mean, they're just angry and they got to get that out. And then I don't know. I don't understand. It's above, it's above my pay grade for sure. Yeah. Above mine too. Actually, I've actually noticed LinkedIn where I spend a lot of time for my uh, professional media that that is beginning to infiltrate that space some more. And these are very educated people, extremely educated people proliferating that speech, which is re- even stranger to me, I think. And so yeah. for me, I am like, I just can't be involved in this. You know, like I'm going to put out, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to do the right thing that feels native, but you know, is, is sensitive and kind and caring, but there's just so much friction. And I don't understand friction related to being doing good things. I understand confusion because if you were talking about Black Lives Matter, generally very good. But, you know, a part of the thing, if you go on there is defunding the police, which is a very hot topic. I don't agree Mm -hmm. with that. I'm not into that. I support Black Lives Matter, but I don't support defunding the police. So does that mean that I don't support, (laughs) you know, as a black man, Black Lives Matter? I just think that sometimes we get into things and we we have great intentions for, for it. And then sometimes we get on these extreme aspects of it that are not part of the main actual thing related to yeah. it. Yeah. I think this is my this is my listening to you talk. And you're, you know, very articulate, you're very nuanced in your thinking. You're not sitting there looking at this as a binary thing. No. You know. <laughs> I think that's not how most not I don't want to say most people. That's not how a lot of people think. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I, I think I, you know, even my, my grandparents, you know, I love my grandparents. They're very kind people. Uh, my grandfather actually instilled in me a love for all people when I was super young. And I just yeah. really appreciate that about him. But I mean, there's still things that they say that I'm like, not necessarily like per- pertaining to race, but I'm like, what are you thinking? Like you, did you think that <laughs> all the way through? Like, you know? So I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I just I don't I don't get it. But well, that's, that, okay. that's why I matter. That's why I think like that must be difficult for what you do on some level because I think you have to have some level of nuance with this with people. And how do you work with 
let's say a brand who's like, no, no, this is just, this is cut and dry how it is. But, you know, I don't know. It seems like they'll be difficult. I personally, and again, this is maybe another opinion that is, I don't want to say contrarian. I just tell my team, I'm like, hey, if they seem remotely just hateful, I was like, that's the term I use. I was like, they just feel Mm -hmm. hateful. I'm like, just block them, delete it and block them. All right, we ain't got no time for that. I'm like, this, if they want to engage in a conversation, let's have an engaged conversation. And at some point, it's disappointing that we have to hide comments on messages Uh. because. Not, not even because the person who originally posted that message meant anything bad, but then the comments below it just got out of control. And so yes. that's when we have to hide that person's comment and be like, hey, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's going to happen. You can't, I can't even bring it up these days. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. One of the photos, this is interesting. One of the photos was of four white girls. Um, and so... Okay, which, you know, you might be on yourself and you go, okay, I don't know about that. Pretty much every other post for the last 20 or 30 posts was super diverse. You know what I mean? Like it was mm-hmm. like every, you know, you didn't have just black, you didn't have just white. You had, you know, people all different, different colors, stages of life, not just black and white. You know what I mean? Stages of life. And then you have one photo, which was four girls and, you know, they're, they're at their house for a photo shoot. And then that one got so much hate. It was like, well, where's your diversity at? You know, just like all the mm. threads below that were super hateful. And then not only that, but then they, people started going down the route of um, wear their mask. They're not wearing masks. Um, mm. But that's one of those things. It's like, they don't know that these girls literally live together. You know what I mean? It's not like <laughs> a, I don't know. You know, people just want to. Uh jump on something I'm, yeah so that's my thought no i understand it i th- i think it's totally valid i just think we're we're living in a landscape where i've talked about this before we've given a voice to a lot of most humans have some level of voice i mean mm-hmm. whereas when i was growing up um it was very difficult to get your voice out there on a very large platform mm-hmm. um you know i grew up in the time of land landline phones, pay phones. I mean, I'm 42, but I remember all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was an internet, but not a lot of people used it. And so if you if you had, let's say, a very like crazy idea or you were kind of outrageous, you were not going to be monetized. We were not monetizing <laughs> bad behavior back then yeah. because you really had no way to monetize. You're just going to be an idiot in your town or something, you know. And now yeah. what it feels like is like, that we publicize and monetize bad behavior and then we make good, kind behavior super extraordinary, like it's a comet that comes across mm. the solar system. And I think we, we are in a shift where we need to reverse that. You know, we, we need to make bad behavior. We need, do not need to monetize bad behavior. But then it comes, but then what's the dichotomy almost is, uh, you know, the, the, the public aspects of things, shows, media and stuff, they're monetizing bad behavior, the things yeah. we see. Because they're saying, oh, well, good behavior, who wants to see that? I do, but it doesn't get ratings. It's just like this whole thing for me that's so strange. I'm like, why do we monetize bad behavior? And, and then you get people saying, what about free speech related to that and comments and posts? And I just find it's all like a powder keg to me. It's just this whole thing. Like, can't we just, I don't know. Like, why does it have to be so explosive? Like, let's have a nuanced conversation about it. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think most people have that level of emotional intelligence. To <laughs> I just, I would love for that to be true, Darian, but let's just, I'm, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm also a generally, like generally optimistic human being about other human beings. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not too worried about some stuff, you know, I feel like I'm fairly yeah. realist though, but like for real, I mean, people, I don't know if it's most people, but like the people who speak really loudly, I'll just say that there are people that are really loud that lack emotional intelligence and maybe that has some sort of correlation. Is it the people that do um, the sort of over the top stuff? It's the ones that do lack the emotional intelligence, but like even the thing that you were saying, since we're having a nuanced conversation, um, the like your I don't, you know, I don't know what specific scenario you're referring to as far as like endorsing that. And I, I'll just say, yes, that's true. But then at the same time, 
what you deem as good or bad behavior, somebody else might deem differently. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I'm, let's just say if it wasn't the race, you know, like let's just take it away from race and let's just take it away from COVID. Let's just at a high level, right? We're just going to say, um, you know, this is just something, you know, like, do you, okay, here's an example. Um, the pool, like our pool and our courtyard or whatever mm-hmm. uh, that we pay for, it was blocked off. Okay. And there were a lot of people who just said, Hey, we're just going to go ahead and go in there anyway. My wife would look at that and go, Oh my gosh, those people that are just breaking the rules. How could they, (laughs) this is awful. And then I'm sure the other person is going, I'm paying for this. This is what I'm paying for. You know what I mean? So we just all see stuff a little differently. Um, And I guess the other thing is that the, all these companies are not, uh, America, you know, it's not free speech rights. If Facebook or Instagram or Twitter decides that they just don't want to have a certain political agenda on their platform, well, then that's what they decide. You know, it's like they're a, a business, right or wrong. Um, it's just very interesting. You know, it's like, I don't know. But again, the pool, I don't. The pool thing is interesting to me. It's interesting because I'm probably a lot more like your wife. Yeah, and saying like, okay, it's barred off. I'll, clearly, they don't want us to go over there, and there's some yeah. reasoning. It's fine. I have a hard time, I think, with the other side of like why using the pool is so that important. If it's just the principle behind, don't tell me what to do, type of thing, I, or I'm paying for it. I don't know. It seems trivial to me to care so much about something like that. You know? Sure. And I'll tell you that there's something That's that just I don't necessarily. You know? Yeah, I feel you. There's something that I don't necessarily agree with, but I think is if you could take the energy away out of it, I think the the conversation is interesting, which is almost impossible to do. But like there are people who are like, I'm not wearing a mask. I've not worn one. I'm not going to wear one, you know, just super intense about it. And I'm like, those, again, this is another one of those things. They believe that that is their, you know, that's their right. And I guess it is their right to do that. But we all kind of hope, hey, why don't we just all protect one another? You know what I mean? Let's just take <laughs> let's just take the extra caution here and wear a mask, you know, like okay. I don't know. I'm People very funny, man. Uh, like uh it's always it's just strange to me. Like I I guess I would consider myself more of a rule following person. Um but yeah. maybe that's because I grew up in a military family and following rules and orders was very much a part of my life growing up. And I saw my dad be very successful in the military with that and serving his country. And I, you know, I just, and also I, I really think I like to think about other people. I'm not super concerned about somebody telling me what to do. I've never had a problem with that. I've I've been Mm -hmm. in leadership. I've also been um, in the front line and both are fine to me, you know, and I think it all, you know, in, in, with my education background, understand is a lot of it's about power and a, a loss of power or, you know, since you want to have personal power, like, hey, you're telling me I can't do this. You're trying to take away my power of choice to do these Interesting. things. Interesting. Yeah. Whereas, and that's what a lot of the kickback is for people when you disrupt their system. It's really, it's a lot about power. And a lot of people don't want to give up their power or their perceived power because that power then becomes a loss of identity in that power with it. Yep. And, yep. and then, so all you have to do is look at it really and say, okay, what, what's the cost of losing this power? For someone who's very secure in their mindset, there's no cost to losing that because what's the doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, it's very... Um... Yeah, I don't. I, I agree with you. I think if you have, the, again, that self awareness, that emotional intelligence, <laughs> look at that. Um, but I, I don't know. I keep, I, you know, we're about to buy a home. We're closing next week on our home, hopefully. Um, and I don't know. I just have this like keen sense of awareness. Like, hey, if I don't pay my taxes, I don't really own my home. You know, if I, right. even if I pay my mortgage off, right? Like, if I pay, so. I don't own the home. I joke around with my wife, Missy. I'm like, we don't own a home. Like the bank owns the home. <laughs> I'm like, that's really what's going on right now. Cause For I really sure. don't like that. And then, yeah. 
really it's like well then the government owns the home because even if we pay out the mortgage and then there's taxes on it it's because it's a liability at that point because you're having to pay on it you're not making money from it and then i go a step farther from my belief system and go you know what's not even mine to begin with like it's god all wealth comes from (laughs) god and so i'm like why even worry about it so whatever yolo i'm telling you it comes down to the cost and the power like for you it's like and having that mentality and you throw it up to a higher power, the cost is nothing for you then. Mm. It doesn't cost you anything to feel that way. But for someone who, if wearing a mask has a huge cost to their self-identity, then they're going to do anything they can to not wear that mask because wearing it means losing power, means losing their identity for that. That's what it comes down to, I'm telling you, man. In a sense, so you have to decide in your life, what's the cost of this power? And for a company, a large company, taking a stand on something may be too much of a cost in their mind and the power system that they have of their company. Hmm. Depends, you know, and looking at it that way, for me and, and talking to other people in the psychology and sociology, if you really de- think about it that way, it makes a lot of sense why people make decisions. What's the cost of making that decision? emotionally, socially, to identity-wise for that. So you saying that, and I, I feel like I very much understand the, the people side. And I, I also understand the cost of like taking a stance on this because you're going to lose mm-hmm. some business and you gain some. I mean, we could, we could look at Nike and the Colin Kaepernick thing in 2016. Yes. Like yes. that would be an interesting thing. But yeah. I, this is maybe an example is um, one of the – you know, companies or the organizations, it lost recently got an email, the CEO got an email and the uh, um, email basically said, Hey, I'm done. Uh, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like you guys said this, I'm done. I'm so frustrated. I'm out. And that person had been a, a long time, you know, consumer there basically for years. And so the CEO emailed them back and said, Hey, like, help me understand. Like, what's the deal? And so they eventually got on the phone together. The guy was super complimentary. I love, I love your company. You got awesome stuff. And he goes, okay, because we said one thing, you just decided you're up and out. And then the guy proceeds to go on and say, well, this, and it was the Black Lives Matter, essentially, because they mm-hmm. posted about, not even really BLM, but more so like the Blackout Tuesday. Like they engaged yeah. in that, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like was a little bit softer version of the, you know, it's just not as charged. Anyway, so right. the, they engaged in that. The guy gets an email and you know, we're out. And then all of a sudden the CEO talks to him and it really comes down to the guy's just angry that he has to wear a mask. And he's just like looking oh. for some outlet because he's like, this is just crazy. I'm not wearing a mask. I haven't ever been, and I'll never come back to your organization if I have to wear a mask. And it was like, what is going on with humans right now? You know? <laughs> what no is idea. going on with humans right now? I think it's exposing it's exposing us and the deep down feelings we have about things. And in many ways it's, it's controversial, but it's also propulsion. It can be used for propulsion to become better if we choose to see it that way. But again, it's, you know, the conversation you and I are are having, I don't know that that's happening a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the unfortunate thing, especially at the highest levels of our, of our country and, and, and organizations and things, it's it's difficult to have these level of conversations if you have picked a team and no matter what happens on that team, you will be loyal to that team and close your mind off to other opportunities for no. that. And that's what has happened to me. My personal point of view is we have picked sides. And when you pick sides, you you pick your power aspect. You said, this is my power. This is what I hold on to. And here's the cost of being on this team. No matter what you tell me, even if it's logical, it makes sense, I should do it, I will not, I will not break from anything on this team. The cost is too high for me to break from this team. I will be outcasted, I will be ridiculed. So therefore, even if it challenges my moral dignity, even if I know it's right, I must stay on this team because the cost is too high for me to have a differing opinion from my team. Yeah. And I almost think like, I agree with you. And I, again, emotional intelligence. I think that 
there is probably a large portion of people that are unaware that it like they've attached their identity to like certain stuff yes. or things or political groups. And I think the phrase is differentiation. Like mm. if you're able to differentiate yourself from your political candidate that mm -hmm. you support, or if you're able to differentiate yourself from your, you know, let's say my mom is not this, but like, let's just say my mom is like super diehard Republican. Okay. Right. Um, she probably leans that way, but she's not like, you know, out of touch with reality, but like, let's say that, <laughs> you know what I mean? She's not like on either side going like, yeah, yeah. Ride or die. You know, she's, she just leans that way. It's just fine. Um, but if she was over here and I thought, oh my gosh, I have to be this way because I'm just like, I'm, you know, I can't have my own belief system. I can't be separate from that. And there was this subconscious thing that like, no, our family, we are Republicans or we're like, you know, diehard Republicans or whatever. Um, at that point, I was I was not able to differentiate myself from my family or my political party or even stuff. Like I was talking to a buddy this morning and he was like, man, I just realized like I bought that BMW because I wanted to impress people. I bought those watches because I wanted to impress people. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm done doing that. He's like, oh, no thanks. And so he is learning to differentiate himself from his stuff. And I think the same goes for all of these scenarios that we're talking about is like, if we can learn to differentiate ourselves from, um, you know, a certain belief that we have or whatever, like it's, it's gonna be, we're going to be well better off or way better off. So I want to share maybe one funny thing and then mm -hmm. maybe one better. I'll, I'll share the better thing. And then the funny thing, okay. the, the good thing was, uh, in our small group, you know, it's not everybody's white, um, in our small group. And one of the guys is black. And I was like, Hey man, um, I just help me understand how you're processing this whole season, you know? Cause like, I, this is just different for me. I've got my, my way of interpreting this, but like, let me, can I hear about you and you know how you're doing this and you share with our group and we asked some questions. Um, and it was like so helpful, you know, just to hear his, how he's experiencing this, how his life has been as his experience at this point. Um, and like, I think those are the conversations that I don't know that everybody is having. Um, that I, I don't know. I, I don't know that this is the, the solution at all, but it was helpful for, for us at least, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but the other thing, I guess, to go along with what you were saying a few minutes ago, this is funny. I feel like is I was on a conference call and <laughs> I, there's a lot of different types of people on this conference call. And I just so could not resist. It was not a Trump. It was not a joke about Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, but it was like, it was not at all like degrading him in any way, uh, or being rude, it, but it was like, it's something, I don't know. It, it like, I thought it was tasteful, you know, it wasn't like mm -hmm. hateful or whatever. Um, and I think it was almost like slightly just like, Hey, this is the phrase he has. I don't, I don't really remember what it was, but I said it and it was like the air went out of the room, you know, <laughs> it was like, no, we can't, we can't talk about that. We can't have these sorts of conversations. Um, so I don't know. It's just interesting how people, we don't want to have a nuanced conversation around things because it's just such a big cost to change our belief system. Oh, it's huge. I mean, because uh, man, I have these conversations all the time, which I think I grow so much constantly from them, but you know, whether it's with my training clients or on podcasts and stuff like that, I think it's really important to dive into uncomfortable things, yeah, uh, which totally. is why in my podcast, I literally talk about anything, anything and things yeah. that I know make people uncomfortable and more not to do it for like, oh, just so you, I'm so good at all these things. It's not that sure. it's more of like, okay, you, my, my podcast is a jukebox of different songs, basically. Hmm. different genres and you can spin through the different records and find something that will make you uncomfortable guaranteed i mean this is honestly wow. true like i had i i've had so many memorable episodes of things that i don't think most people ever talk about or they would be like i just i can't really talk about things like for instance so i had this probably one of my biggest podcasts was about vaginal health oh wow uh, as a man um you know, very different for me to be talking about that. But sure. for the lady who was talking about it, she didn't make it some weird thing. It was very technical for her. It was very, it's clearly extremely passionate about it. Right. It's really important to her. 
and she wanted to get across the the aspect of the aspects of that, the technicalities and how it helps women for that. Huh. Now, I don't know a lot of guys who want to touch that in the sense of like, hey, let's have a conversation, but they're uncomfortable. You know, they're like, sure, this is an area that oh, I deem taboo. I don't subscribe to that. In fact, if oh, it's man. very taboo, I want to have that conversation because I don't know about it. I don't mm. want to know. And so I think yeah. that we we tend to make our decisions about what makes us uncomfortable, what's the cost of that decision, what's the power related to it. And I think if we just had more of a centrist mentality, or if we wouldn't look at something and go, you know, if like you mentioned Donald Trump, like there's a real visceral reaction for a lot of people on both sides yeah. or any side to that. Both sides. It doesn't matter. And yeah. that. And why does it have to be so visceral? Why can't we just look at it and say, I disagree with these things, or I think there could be some good ideas on it's just the delivery is not the way I would like it to be. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, there's just, there's more critical analyzation that could be done. But then again, we've chosen sides. That's our problem. Yeah. So whatever side we choose, we destroy the other side, or we must win. It's this domination in business. And I got, I had a really good talk with the CEO of Wheelhouse Digital Marketing Group, Aaron Burnett. And and his whole thing is about love and kindness. He's like, we've taught our society that we must beat other people. We must win at all costs. We must dominate the competition hmm. instead of like, how do we help people, our competitors in some way? How do we show kindness, show love and our better humanity? I just don't think hmm. that's done that lot, a lot. You know? Yeah, I know. I feel you. One of those, <laughs> another topic that you should talk about with somebody um, is like, uh, vaccination. I feel like, Oh that yeah. Is a, oh my gosh. So divisive. I mean, even just like, yeah, that's another one of those things. That's a good that one. Should... Actually. I'm definitely, I definitely need to find somebody on both sides of the equation for that. Totally. You should not, I'm not going to just talk to somebody who's like into vaccinations. Like, why would I do that? And like I'm into vaccinations, but I'm not going to reinforce my own opinion about it just to make me feel good. Like I want to hear why somebody thinks there shouldn't be vaccinations. And but yeah. I want to have a civil conversation. I don't want any yelling and people screaming. Why I can't believe you believe it. And it's like you're not going to get anywhere that way. No. But definitely not. You know, we may disagree, but we can be nice to each other. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Dang, man. I let me whenever you do that episode, let me know because I'll let I, you know, man. Yeah, we've uh, I'll I'll share a semi device thing. We're on a delayed vaccination schedule, mm -hmm. um, which is like a little bit. Basically, we're not following the CDC guideline exactly. We're mm -hmm. doing like a, a slower version of that, um, a slow burn of that, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we felt like that was a a healthy medium. You know, we were like, hey, we've got our skepticism for these particular things. Um, but definitely see the value in it. So we're just going to already go down this route. But it's been interesting to go down this journey as parents, you know, because my son's only 11 months old. And to have that conversation, even with people that maybe not our best friends, but like that next stage over, we're like, oh, wow, we can't have this conversation with you because you don't want to have a conversation. You know, like it's funny. What do you mean? Like they're they're very defensive about it or what? Yeah. So like, let's say, um, okay. So we were looking for a doctor because the doctor that we were with, she was supportive of the delayed schedule that we were doing. And then her practice that she was a part of basically came in and said, Hey, you have to kick them out. We can't have them here in our practice. So here we are with, you know, already a signed letter that says, Hey, you're good to do this, whatever. And then now we've got to leave the practice. Okay. We leave the practice. And so now we're like, all right, we've got to find another practice. And we found out, we, hey, we needed a specific type of doctor generally who owns their own practice and not part of a practice. They've got to own it because they've got to be able to like make this decision or not. Um, and it wasn't like we could post on Facebook and go, hey, friends, does anybody know anywhere where they allow delayed <laughs> vaccination schedules? You know? Yeah. Um, and we couldn't even go to like our, we've got a couple of groups that we're a part of. Some of them are on Slack. It's like we couldn't even go to our Slack group and be like, hey, so does anybody do a delayed vaccination schedule and, you know, like have a doctor that they go to for that for their kid? Um, 
so yeah, we had to like basically go and figure out our own when we wish we could have like leaned on our, our tribe to like have a nuanced thing and them go, uh, yeah, I don't agree with that, but here's somebody I might know. You know what I mean? Like it was just, how novel um, would that be? Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. What a nice idea that sounds like. What a nice pumpkin pie, American pie idea. (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually I, I, Listen, I mean, I think we may have some differing opinions on that, and that's okay. I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, it doesn't bother me. But see, for me, the cost is very low to nothing to disagree with somebody right. on those things. I, my, my sense of who I am as a person and the things that I'm into is not tied into this like very stone based reality. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's just not. It's a much larger cosmic aspect of things. So, you know, the things of man and um, of women and all different types of genders and how people see themselves, you know, and, and the things I think um, there's many important issues that we're dealing with as humans on this planet and to be respectful of those things. But I'm not going to like go nuts on things. Mm, I'm yeah. not going to like be so crazy and over the top that it sacrifices my humanity and how I comport myself around other people. And I always tell people, like, like how you hold yourself emotionally tells a lot about you. And yeah. it's, can you come to the table and just have a conversation that we can disagree, but we can still break bread, we can be good to each other, we can laugh at each other's jokes or not laugh at them. You know, <laughs> can be, it's okay, you know, like, but I yeah. feel like we're in a time where it's like, you're almost forced to pick something and pick a this, side. Is, this isn't like, you know, third grade dodgeball team getting picked, you know, like this, mm-hmm. and we're adults here. I mean, like we should be able to, we're made up of so many different humans. It's like, we, we cannot, we're not going to agree on everything and that's okay. It's totally right. fine. It's literally fine. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. And I, I think of, um, so even I feel like this this is applicable even if somebody's not a Christian out there or a faith person, but there's this guy named Solomon um, in the in the Old Testament. So basically, the Jewish Bible or Torah, and the Bible it's part of the Bible. It's one of the you know the first part, half of it, not really half, but let's go with it. Um, and he basically says in the book uh, of of Ecclesiastes, he's like everything is vanity under the sun. He's like, it's, it really doesn't matter. Man toils, they argue, they do all this stuff. They try to you know, amass wealth. They try to like go into all these endeavors. And he basically ends up the entire um, book by going, it's all garbage. It doesn't really matter. We're all going to turn back into dust one day. And he's like, we were made from dust. We're going to go back to dust. Um, and the, kind of the silver, I don't even want to call it a silver lining, but where this guy lands on, uh, he basically says, hey, man's fruit or his thing to enjoy is to just work and enjoy his work and that's it and enjoy like what god's made um and so i think a perspective that i try to take with these sort of things because i I mean i'm human and i can get uh, emotionally connected or attached or have a lot of energy around something that's just really not warranted i have to remind myself man does this really matter a hundred years from now like yeah am i and I, I mean that not as a Christian spiritual answer. It's spiritual to me because my faith and my relationship with Jesus matters to me a hundred years from now. But you know, you could basically say legacy or family or anything else and go, this really is not that big of a deal. Whatever issue or topic we're discussing right now that people are just so up in arms about really doesn't matter a hundred years from now. Not a big deal. Yeah, uh, that's that's a loaded one right there. So I mean, I I agree with you on some level, but then I think also, if you when you look at in terms of, um, we don't have a ton of time, so I could jump into this hard. Uh, but yeah, if you look at in terms of how Black people have felt over four hundred years, it does matter what happens in the next hundred years. And that is a that. great answer to that. You know, now I, now I think. I get that. I get that. You know, like as a Black person myself. I feel that sense of those de- of those centuries, and there's a sense of a black messianic body with that. So yeah, I get that, but I also can understand the overarching point you're saying, almost spiritually, 
in the sense of the universe and time and space and heaven, really, I get what you're saying, you know, but I also under- understand a different element of it too on that. Yeah. And I guess you're right. I mean, I think that there's a level of, uh, when I mean that, I don't necessarily mean not caring about social justice or social unrest. Sure. Like that's not what I'm referring to. And I might, I guess my, uh, a way that you could interpret that point is that, oh, that does matter to me a hundred years from now. So those are the things that matter. You know what I mean? Like yeah. breaking generational, you know, systems and oppression, and all that stuff. That is stuff that's actually worth caring about because that is going to matter a hundred years from now. Whereas do I have to wear a mask or not? You know, like that sort of that stuff. That ain't going to matter. <laughs> that is not matter. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like the answer could be different for each person. Yes. But um yeah, it's just the trivial things, I think, that hopefully put into perspective. No, I, I totally. And I think too many times we we make uh, things that, honestly, like mask wearing, like it's it's just, just do it. I mean, just do it. Like, I don't know, what's the, <laughs> yeah. the cost? I'm sorry. It, it, the cost is so, the cost to me, like, why is it such like the cost so high for people? I don't get that. Like, I look at it and go, this is not like... I'm putting a gun to your head and say, you better sell me your house right now, or I'm going to put, you know, something bad's going to happen. It's like yeah. a real huge, this, what's the cost? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's pretty low, in my opinion, of putting on something over your face. But again, somebody could say to me, well, here's the cost for me. It's really high because of X, Y, and Z. I'm, mm. I'm going to be like, listen, that's your reality. I'm going to disagree with that. But I also would say, hey, maybe we need to go down the rabbit hole of why this is so beyond like this superficial cost of it. What is it about covering your face that you don't like? Is it you feel your civil liberties are being destroyed? Do you feel like you don't want the government to tell you what you want to do? Or do you not like that people can't see your lips moving? Like, what is it like? Because often once you take somebody down a path and you really tell them, make them explain themselves in a detailed, coherent way, they start realizing they can't explain it to you. They, they mm. just can't. They can't. They can't actually explain it. Or somebody told them that they got around a mob of people that said, hey, this is bad. Or this party says, or this person says, do it. I'm like, no, no. Why explain it to me in very specific detail very, very like painful detail. So I want to know because I can mm. explain my point on anything I can do. Anything. And yeah. There's no, I don't know. It's like, I know exactly why I'm doing something, you know? Right. And I think that, I mean, you, like I mentioned before, like you obviously after um, 42 years and in addition to that, it's not only age, right? Cause like you've yeah. learned, some people choose sure. not to learn after 42 years. Sure. Um, but you have that emotional intelligence and the willingness to have the discussion. And I, but I think sometimes it's like that guy that I mentioned earlier who emailed the CEO mm-hmm. talked to him. It's almost like the mask and it's whatever the mask is in people's lives, right? Because it could be whatever. Mm, yes. It's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's like that feeling, if it's for them, that they don't feel in control of their own lives. It's like a manifestation of that. And that's where all their energy goes because they don't have that self-awareness to go, Hey, I'm really angry about this, or I'm disappointed about this. And they don't understand how they feel. And so they're not able to process those feelings and it comes out sideways. It does. It does. It's often deferred anger in general. I mean, very basic psychological thing. I mean, it's, it's often deferred anger. The thing that you're upset about often isn't the actual thing that you're upset about for it. Hmm. You know, it's, it's like something else. It's like somebody who's upset about, you know, um, something related to their personal relationship with another human being. And then you dial it back in as they potentially could have had really damaging relationships with their parents or their siblings growing up. And they've mm. manifested that into other relationships in their lives. But, mm. but you got to be willing to do the work on yourself to explore why you have hangups in your life. And why this persistent, this continues to be a persistent issue in your life. So you point the finger at a person and said, this, I don't like this about you, but it really is maybe you don't like yourself. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't like that. 
we don't want to yeah. we don't want to talk about that you know we don't want to make it about maybe i'm the problem that would be too convenient and it would be too again the cost is very high when all of a sudden you say i'm the problem because then it's like well what is my world then if i'm the central issue to this problem who am i then that's scary. There's, That's incredibly scary. There's a, um, I can't, I can't reveal. As <laughs> that sounds so sketchy. There's don't reveal like, anything. You don't need to. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, there's this retreat. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it ambiguous. There's this retreat I go on that you're not allowed to tell people what goes on in the retreat. Mm-hmm. It's not sketchy. Okay. But part of the experience there, like part of the, uh, ret- it's a quote, a retreat is like going through the experience of the process from A to Z and not knowing what it is. Like it brings up things in you. So I'm not going to like tell you what it is because then I feel like I'm breaking the rules. But I won't break any rules. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you hate that. I won't do that. No, don't do it. Keep keep it together. You don't want people coming after you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rule guy (laughs) over here. Um, I can't wait to tell my wife, by the way. I'm like, yeah, this guy, this is like a big rule guy like you. Um, But anyway, (laughs) so at this retreat, you know, that shall not be named. There's basically an exercise where you walk people, um, you have somebody stand up. Again, I don't think anybody's going to be able to pick up what this retreat is from this. So I feel like I'm good. But basically someone stands up and then you've got a person on each side. And let's say there's a decision in your life, you know, the decision to own something about yourself. You know, you're unkind to your, your spouse or whatever, or should you take this job? Or should you keep believing this lie about yourself? And so if the lie or the thing is, hey, I really want to lose weight or, you know, let's just go with that because that feels really easy right now. But then you have this tension. Okay, if you make the choice to try and decide to lose weight, what's at risk? And so you've got one person on one side uh, and you say, hey, here's what's at risk if you don't do it. Okay, so that person, you're going to be fat. You're going to be, you know, know, not see your grandkids, um, you know, whatever. So it's name three things. Okay. And then on the other side, you say, what's at risk if I do do this? So, you know, so if I actually take the action to do this, what's at risk if I actually do that? Now I'm responsible. I I have to work harder. Um, I might have to control how much I eat. Um, I might have to explain to my family what I'm doing and I don't feel comfortable explaining to my family that I'm on a diet. Um, you know, so you let you basically list out what's at risk for both sides of this thing. If you decide to do it, and if you decide not to do it. And in the exercise, you have the people uh, repeat back the things that you're saying. There's three things, whether they are. And then you have them take turns pulling on you because it's a visualization of this internal struggle that we have sometimes that we don't, we get stuck in a um, kind of like a paralysis because we're not willing to make a decision to go all in on something because we're worried what's at risk if we do it or what's at risk if we don't do it. So we end up avoiding something. Um, so like spending time with your kids. So it's like, all right, what's at risk if you continue to not spending time with your kids? And then what's at risk if you do spend time with your kids? Well, if I don't spend time with them, uh, maybe they end up going crazy one day and they like just, you know, are an awful human being. But what's at risk if I do actually decide to spend time with my kids? They could end up the same way and I could feel like I was a failure as a parent, you know? Um, so it's interesting if we're able to articulate what it is yeah. we're feeling all the time. Yeah, that's man. There's a lot of there's a lot of meat here on <laughs> the bone, man. A lot of uh, awesome conversation. Ooh, we got to end it, man. This this kind of be a part two of this. I feel coming up. Yeah, so yeah, for sure, man. Well, so, Evan, thanks I'll for your time, you man. Me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you, and um, I I really respect and admire. Uh, your your heart and your emotional intelligence and your giftedness to have a really great conversation. Thank you, Evan. I really appreciate it, man. Well, listen, you have a good rest of your day and uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Sounds great. So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching. And finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut, or The Dose of News Useful Today. 
The founder and CEO, Peter Nowak, is a good friend of mine, and when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences, and it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about. And it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So get the donut, stay informed. It's 100% free. You can unsubscribe anytime. Visit thedonut.co or text donut to 66866 to sign up today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.